the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The John Steigerwald Show, sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the yellow van. Portions of today's program may be pre-recorded. Okay, so now neither one of them was in his underwear. I'm having a tough day today, guys. I forgot to pull the mic down. Anyway, where was I? Well, I was going to tell you about, uh, you know, when we first heard about the break-in at Nancy Pelosi's house, I'm laughing here because the mic was up by the ceiling, and I'm wondering why uh, Mike's yelling at me in there in the booth. We were told, by the way, that uh, both Mr. Nancy and this weirdo who was in the house with him, uh, David DePape, we were told that they were both in their underwear when cops arrived. We were told that someone else opened the door, and the cops saw the two of them fighting over a hammer. Well, DePape... Uh, took the hammer and hit Mr. Nancy over the head with it. Now, we know that Mr. Nancy got hit in the head with a hammer because he's in the hospital right now recovering from a fractured skull, uh, and fortunately he's going to be okay. But but now the story is beginning to change. First, it came out somewhere today that only DePape was in his underwear. Now, according to a fact-checker named Jessica McBride at Heavy.com, neither was wearing only underwear. She says, KUTV the only uh, source for the underwear issue, has retracted the underwear part of the story altogether. Now, what we still don't know is how this weirdo got into the Pelosi house without being seen. They have multiple security cameras. Uh, they apparently also have guard dogs. And you would think that the person who is in, who's second in line for the presidency of the United States would have some full-time security around the house. But somehow, this guy broke a window and showed up in Mr. Nancy's bedroom. The hole in the window appears to be much too small for the weirdo to get through it, and the glass from the broken window is on the outside of the house. No ex- explanation for that that I'm aware of. And now apparently the San Francisco police say that there were only two people inside the house when they got there. So who made this stuff up in the first place, and how did it become so widely accepted? Well, you'll have to ex- uh, excuse me because I'm not buying anything we're being told right now because it's San Francisco. Uh, the Pelosi family owns San Francisco. And they'll do everything they can to cover up anything that uh, might be embarrassing for them. So I'm just not buying it. But how about some body cam video from the cops or some shots from the security cameras? If they refute what's being said about the underwear, the cameras, I mean, don't you think we would have seen the video by now? Sorry, just not buying it. And speaking of not buying it, I don't buy that Joe Biden won Pennsylvania in 2020. And I don't buy that he won the presidency either. One of the big reasons for that is a documentary called 2,000 Mules. The producer of that documentary, Dinesh D'Souza, has also written a book about that. And in our second half hour, he's going to be here to talk about it. And coming up after the break, if you are a Catholic and you're undecided about who to vote for for governor, and if you're leaning in any way toward uh, Mr. Shapiro, you might find our guest after the break very interesting. Stick around. John Fetterman is too extreme for Pennsylvania. This is Matt Schlapp, chairman of CPAC Action Pack. By supporting 87,000 new IRS agents, trillions in new government spending, and stimulus checks for criminals and illegals, Democrats put loyalty to Biden, Pelosi, and Sanders above the needs of your family. Democrats are wrong on the border. They repeatedly oppose closing the border, leading to more human trafficking, drug smuggling, and violent crime. Democrats are also extremists on abortion, supporting unregulated abortion, even in the last trimester, funded by taxpayers. Let's send Washington, D.C. socialists a message. John Fetterman, he's wrong for Pennsylvania. Paid for by CPAC Action Pack. Not affiliated with any candidate or candidate committee. www.cpacactionpack.com When you have errands to run, do you like to run all over town? Or do you try to make as few stops as possible? It's nice when you can get everything in one place, isn't it? 
This is Beth Andrews from Networth Advisors. I believe the same is true for retirement planning. You shouldn't have to go to one place for tax planning, another for estate planning, and another for retirement income planning. That's why Networth Advisors was started. I wanted to build a company that could help families with all aspects of their retirement planning. We're more than just convenient. We're knowledgeable and experienced. To set up a meeting with the Networth Advisors team to talk about your retirement, call 800-426-1428. That's 800-426-1428. One stop for a wealth of retirement solutions. Networth Advisors, 800-426-1428. Firm offers insurance services but does not provide legal advice. Networth Advisors, LLC, is a registered investment advisor. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special exclusively for my listeners on the Percale and Giza Dream bed sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike's now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. For a limited time, you can get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with promo code STAG. Don't miss out on these incredible offers. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 800-716-8087, use the promo code STAG, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code STAG. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code STAG at MyPillow.com for the radio-exclusive offer on all bedsheets. Balance of nature's fruits and vegetables in a capsule. Changing the world one life at a time. I'm a physician. I've been in practice for 40 years. You know, when I started taking this, you know, I, I don't like medicines, and I probably have taken more people off medicine than I put on it. And so I looked at it, and it's pretty much a natural uh, element. And there's no question in my mind, knowing a lot of patients, that uh, people my age, you know, 60 and over, do not eat right. And they certainly don't get the appropriate uh, uh, nutrients through the vegetables, fruits, and things like that. So I think that it supplies the building blocks that your body normally would use to heal itself. And uh, if you don't get them, you don't heal right. So it's amazing. I and mean, I'm doing what I did two years ago. Start your journey to better health. Call 1-800-246-8751 or go to balanceofnature.com to get free shipping. And don't forget to get 35% off your first preferred order by using discount code BALANCE. This is the John Steigerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, abortion was supposed to be a huge issue in this election, but according to polls, it's uh, it's not. It's pretty far down on the list of most important issues for most voters. But it, in an election this close, it could still end up being a pretty big factor. And that could make Catholics much more of a factor. The Post-Gazette had a story yesterday with this headline, Battle for Catholic Vote in Flames, PA Governor's Race. Well, Bill Donahue, the president of the Catholic League and author of The Truth About Clergy Abuse, is quoted in that story. He joins us now. Bill, thanks for coming on the show again. Hope you're doing well. Thank you so much, and I, I hope the Steelers have a better year next year. <laughs> nice try. <laughs> So, uh, what do you make of the headline and that uh, and that piece? And I, I sent the piece to you, so I'm assuming you saw it. Yes, I did. And uh, you know, I don't know if, if enough Catholics are aware. If they were, they would be uh, they would be angry at Shapiro. Uh, mm-hmm. I studied this issue rather carefully, and it started. In fairness to Shapiro, it started long before him, and a series of people were involved. A uh, guy in Philadelphia wound up in prison, the DA, the, the, uh, the one in uh, the attorney general before him, she wound up in prison. They've had a lot of problems in Pennsylvania with people going after the Catholic Church. And as far as I'm concerned, go after the Catholic Church. Go after everybody who might be involved in the sexual abuse of minors, but don't do it selectively. That would mm-hmm. be profiling. And what he did was despicable. He knew this was a fishing expedition. He knew it because almost all the bad guys are dead well, kicked out of ministry. All he did is he wound up prosecuting two priests. So he, he, he says there was over 300 priests. First of all, that's a lie. Not all of them were priests. He says there were children. Most of them were adolescents. I'm not justifying anything, but we're not five-year-olds. They're 15-year-olds and older. 
Uh, and then he tried to, to to make hay about other other aspects of this. It's not just Bill Donahue, who's a mid conservative, who has a problem with Shapiro and, and this witch hunt against Catholics. Peter Steinfeld is the former religion reporter for the New York Times. He's a very liberal guy. And Peter Steinfeld looked at what Shapiro did, and he cited him for this, what he said was an ugly, indiscriminate, and inflammatory rhetoric with unsubstantiated charges. And let me pick up on the unsubstantiated charges. I sued on the behalf of a number of Pittsburgh uh, priests who said that they had their reputations ruined by Shapiro because he never spoke to anybody. He just simply threw out uh, unsubstantiated allegations and I won, because you do have a provision in the state constitution of Pennsylvania for reputational damage, and these priests won. So Shapiro should be ashamed of himself, but if more Catholics knew what was going on, he never went after the public schools or any other religion, just Catholics. Uh, this, this should be enough to, to really outrage them. Now, <clears throat> just so to, to be clear for everybody, um, you're talking about uh, when Shapiro came out with that report about uh, the Catholic Church and yeah and uh and uh he was the grand jury report yeah and and uh that was a pretty big deal back then around here and, and it was not a good day for the Catholic Church and so we, what you're referring to is he the grand jury it's a grand jury report and right uh, and nobody and, has and, a chance to rebut it in other words somebody can make a charge against you or me this afternoon and and if you have if you don't have no chance to rebut it, what is that about? Alan Dershowitz has said, "Listen, this is this is crazy. You you've got to allow somebody to cross-examine. You know that when we won in the Pennsylvania Supreme Court, with with, with the, the vote was six to one to protect the rights of eleven priests who had their reputations ruined by Shapiro. Do you know that they came out and they said that the state uh, grand jury report should never be made public ever again? That's how how damaging it was. So it's not just abortion." That, that people have to be concerned about. I mean, the lust for abortion rights, beginning with our devout Catholic president, is something which I've never seen in my life. Um, interestingly, in New York, we have a pro-life Jewish guy who's running against pro-abortion Catholic, Lee Zeldin against Kathy Hochul. So this kind of thing is going on all over the country. And I think that informed Catholics, uh, if they find out what, what Shapiro's record is, uh, they're not going to be too happy. Yeah, you um, <clears throat> you uh, accused him of be- using the grand jury process, uh, and you said misusing the grand jury process for political purposes, and now he's at it again. Uh, so that's what you're referring to. What's Absolutely. he doing and he's at it again? What do you mean by that? Well, he, he, you know, he doesn't seem to, to pick on, on uh, for example, Muslims, and I'm not saying that he should. I'm not going to feel any sure. better if he does or pick on public school teachers. What is it about Catholics that he seems to have this, it's in his core? I don't know. I don't know anything about the man, uh, except for the fact that his decisions, decisions that he's reached that affect uh, Catholics, I, I think are, are very, very troubling at, at, at the very least, if, if not condemnatory at, at the worst. Yeah, uh, you, in your piece, you, you wrote a piece at the thecatholicleague.org, uh, and you say, um, on the website of Pennsylvania gubernatorial candidate Josh Shapiro, it boasts that when he was Attorney General of the state, he exposed the Catholic Church's decades-long cover-up of child sexual abuse, identifying over 300 predator priests and thousands of victims and spurring investigation across the United States. So he is, he is bragging that what he did was yeah. wonderful and, and helpful to everybody, not just in Pennsylvania, but across the country. And you're saying the whole thing was distorted. Well, I'm saying not only was it distorted, and as Peter Steinfeld has said, what I'm saying is that the Catholic Church had a problem back in the 60s and 70s. That's how long I track this stuff. I've written a book on the subject. Mm-hmm. Why isn't he going after Protestants and Jews and imams? And why isn't he going after psychologists and psychiatrists? Why isn't he going where it's really a big problem? In the public schools. Because we know the teachers' unions, along with the trial lawyers, they own the Democratic Party. So he picks up on the Catholic Church. You know, if you, if you did a, a, a stu- if you said, I'm going to do a big study of crime, uh, violent crime, and we're only going to go after African Americans, wouldn't that be racial profiling? Wouldn't that be racist? Wouldn't that be bigoted? Do you would just selectively choose one group, cherry pick? Why did he cherry pick the Catholic Church and let everybody else off the hook? That's the thing that bothers me. And he's not alone, unfortunately, in this country. 
Well, and the media uh, slurped it up too. Went, went with it, and were not. I don't think a whole lot of uh, too many questions were raised about it. I think people just accepted it. Well, they did, and and the thing is, like I said, uh, John, he knew from the get go that he was he was going to get a handful. These the bad guys are either dead or thrown out of the Catholic Church. He got two, so he used all this money for all these years, and he and he prosecuted two priests. Let him go after the public schools and find out what's going on right now, here uh, October the thirty first, and see what's going on. In your book, uh, the truth about clergy abuse, you make the case that it is worse in public schools than it is in the Catholic schools. It's not only worse than the public schools. That you can take a look at, uh, look at, look at the the coaches. <clears throat> look at that guy Larry Nasser in, in Michigan State. Look, look yeah. at psychiatrists. You, 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 any any time you have adults interacting with minors on a regular <clears throat> basis, unfortunately, you're going to find this problem. And if you want to know where the real problem is, and I'll tell you why they don't go after them, the number one abuser of children of minors in this country to sexually abuse them are living boyfriends. That's number one. Number two would be stepfathers. Now, why doesn't any lawyer go after them? Because there's no money there. They want to shake down the Catholic Church, and they also don't like the Catholic Church's teachings on, on, on matters sexual. They figure, well, we're going to get some of these hypocrites here. Yeah, we've had a handful of bad guys. Most of them are dead have been kicked out, uh, and, and I've never defended anybody, including some of these molesting priests who would ever do that. But you can't cherry-pick. You can't, you can't engage in profiling and expect me to sit back and say you're even-handed. You're not. Well, here's the thing, uh, Bill. In five of the six swing states... This is according to the story in the Post-Gazette uh, yesterday. The Republican nominee for governor is leading among Catholics, but here in Pennsylvania, Shapiro is leading Mastriano 51-45. to 45. Um, Would you be surprised if that turns out to be accurate, that more Catholics vote for Shapiro? I don't know. I really don't know. You, you guys are closer to it uh, in Pennsylvania. Yeah. I'm watching. I know it's pretty close there. Uh, I, I don't know that you, that the, uh, see, they make it clear, too. I started out as a Democrat, then I became a Republican. I've been happily independent for 30 years. So uh, I've, I've uh, when I take a look at these candidates, I have to, I have to keep, keep my distance on them. But all I can tell you, I don't know much about the Republican guy. I know some things about Shapiro, and what I've seen about him, it should make Catholics weary. Yeah, and, and, um, just in general, uh, Bill, the, as a, as the, and we're talking to Bill Donahue, he's the president of the uh, Catholic League. Um, this, uh, this election, not just in Pennsylvania, but across the country, as I mentioned uh, before I got to you, the you know, abortion, uh, the, the Democrats seem to want to make abortion an issue because they think that they're gonna, there are a lot of people upset about Roe v. Wade being overturned, but... Um, what and, and in this story in the Post Gazette, it, it refers to a divide in the Catholic Church. I don't know what what, what can you say about that. What, what would the divide be over, or would you agree with his premise that there's a divide somewhere? No, there is an absolute divide. We we paid for a uh, a survey of Catholics here about a month ago with McLaughlin and Associates, <clears throat> and the divide is, is is not hard to figure out, John. The divide is this: there's a very big difference between practicing Catholics the ones who mm -hmm. go to Mass at least once a month, if not uh, weekly, and those who rarely, if ever, go to Mass. The practicing Catholics, the ones who actually put the money into the basket, who pay the bills, they tend to be overwhelmingly conservative, and they're against abortion, and they're against this, this whole transgender maniaism, uh, and, and so many other these left-wing ideas. The non-practicing Catholics, by definition, because they don't go to church or rarely go to church, they tend to be much more secular or liberal in their orientation. That's where the divide is. The divide is not among practicing Catholics. Sure, there's not everybody lines up single file, but the big divide is between the practicing and non-practicing, and that's split about 50-50, quite frankly. And what what's being done to try to uh, close that divide? I guess that's that's a that's a couple hundred years old that that issue. Well, it is, and I think that uh, one thing that I regret is that uh, the, the, the Holy Father, Pope Francis, is now making it harder for Catholics to go to the Latin Mass, when in fact that's one of the attractions for young people. So sometimes the Church has a tendency to shoot itself in the foot. Uh, mm -hmm. there, are, there are other efforts that, that are being made. Now, one thing I found out from our survey, I was on with Cardinal Dolan on his radio and TV show uh, recently. He's the Archbishop of New York. And I said one thing I was very pleased about, the non-practicing Catholics, almost none of them 
uh, have an animus or a hostility to the Catholic Church. In fact, they say they admire the fact that the Catholic Church sticks to its principles. That's very important to know that, because the media would have you believe that they're all enraged against the Catholic Church. No. They may be more liberal than others, but they still, when, they, when it comes right down to it, should you change to be just like the, the, the dominant culture's views on things? No, they like the idea of a moral anchor. And uh, so that sometimes gets lost in these other polls. That that describes me. I'm a non-practicing Catholic, but I have I I admire the Catholic Church, and I tell people whenever I can that going to Catholic school for actually 13 and a half years is the best thing that ever happened to me. So well, there's I, a lot I of people never... like that. A lot of my friends and the family, and uh, yeah. uh, a lot of good people for different reasons. Part of it's just simply laziness. I get it. You know, yeah. uh, I'm not condemning any <laughs> of these people, but I'm saying that. Uh, yeah, there, 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 there's that effort. There, there needs to be an effort to get more people back. But it's not like as if everybody who's not going to church is, is enraged about the Catholic Church or whatnot. That, that's simply a, a myth that some of the people in the media like to float. There's no evidence for it whatsoever. Before we finish here, Bill, I've got a, a couple minutes left, and we're talking to Bill Donahue, the president of the Catholic League. School choice is a big issue with me, uh, and it's a big issue this election. Uh, and I just have a fat of feeling, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I just don't think the Catholic Church has been or is doing enough to take advantage of it. For years they haven't, but especially I still don't think that they're out there enough, uh, making enough noise or, or, or demanding uh, school choice when it seems to be ripe right now for the taking. I just uh, Is the church doing enough? I, I'm talking about, I don't see it from the Diocese of Pittsburgh, and I don't know, you know, you're, you're, you know uh, have a better feeling about the national, uh, you know, the national uh, church, but... Just as around the country, is it is it being pushed enough? It, here and there, in some places in the Midwest, it's, it's done much better. But I think overall, I would agree with you, and I would say, even though the scandal of the church uh, represented so few of the priests, 149 mm-hmm. of them were responsible for like 25 percent of all the crimes. It's, it, if people looked at the data on this, but the fact of the matter is, it did intimidate. The media does have an effect. And a lot of priests and a lot of bishops, I've spoken to them, they feel uh, reticent, diffident, shy, intimidated, whatever words you want to use. They're reluctant to speak out because of uh, what people still kind of look at us a little bit askance, even though this is not our problem uh, anymore. We're down to the single digits. You've got 50,000 members of the clergy. We're down to single digits of substantiated cases each year. But, yeah, they need to speak up more. And in the survey that we did with McLaughlin and Associates, we found that most Catholics, practicing and non-practicing alike, said they want the Church to speak out more. That's one of the reasons I actually wrote that question. I have a Ph.D. in sociology, and, and this whole idea of survey research is, is, is out of sociology. It's not out of any other discipline. That's what's important, that people want the, the, the priests and the bishops to speak out more. I just saw a statistic today. 79%, 8 out of every 10 Americans, and this is all American, independent of religion, had nothing to do with religion, 8 out of every 10 Americans thinks that things are out of control, out of control in this country. Well, people who are rabbis and ministers and imams and priests in particular, as well as decent community leaders, they need to speak up more. I am encouraged by the number of women in particular who learned during the COVID years about some of the ideological corruption of what's going on in the schools, uh, and they're getting more involved. And now you have Muslims in Dearborn, Michigan, getting involved, and they're going to push yeah. the school choice. So this this battle is not over by a long shot. Hey, Bill, I'm out of time. Always good to have you on. I'm sure we'll talk again. Thank you. Thank you. Keep up the good work, and uh, uh, kudos to all my friends in Pittsburgh, where I spent many years at LaRoche. All right. Bill Donahue, president of the Catholic League. We'll be right back. With SRN News, I'm John Scott. Former President Trump going to the Supreme Court again, this time to try to stop his tax returns from being handed to a congressional committee. In an emergency appeal filed today, Mr. Trump wants the court to order at least a temporary hold on the Treasury Department turning over his returns to the Democratic-controlled House Ways and Means Committee. America getting ready to vote in midterm elections. Neil Kelly, chairman of the Bipartisan Committee for Safe and Secure Elections says voting has certainly changed in America. This idea that we have shifted to violence is sort of the answer for things that we disagree with. 
um, is certainly something that is fairly new in elections. I would say I, I kind of experienced it a little bit back in 2018 and then moving into 2020, this was, you know, amplified like crazy. This is SRN News. Attention investors, this is an important announcement from MarketBeat.com. Are you tired of the ups and downs of the stock market? Are you sick of logging into your brokerage account only to find out that you lost thousands of dollars in a single day? At MarketBeat.com, we know that constantly moving in and out of stocks or buying hot stocks after they've already shot up in value is a recipe for disaster. It's time to stop playing the loser's game and invest in stocks that have stood the test of time. MarketBeat.com has prepared a free report titled 7 Stocks to Buy and Hold Forever. Next profit to 68285. The companies in this report might appear to be nothing special at first glance, but financials don't lie. They print billions of dollars of profit each year and show no sign of slowing down. If you would like to receive our free report of seven stocks to buy and hold forever, text profit to 68285 and we'll send you this free report right now. Text profit to 68285. Message and data rates apply. Individual results may vary. Consult with your tax or investment professional. Text profit to 68285. As we move closer to the decision of our lifetime, the left continues to freak out because they sense they're losing their grip on the control of our lives. They hate that. So be prepared for chaos. They seem to think chaos creates a better environment for their wacky ideas. Put on your gas mask. Be prepared for anything they may throw at us. But be prepared to vote and get your friends to the polls. It's never been bigger than this one. Election 2022 will be the answer. AM 1250, the answer. Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're looking outside of big corporate control. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something worth watching. The new Salem News Channel. Straightforward, unfiltered, in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. SNC is home to Dennis Prager, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Watch anytime on any screen, free 24-7. Find what you're looking for. At SNC.TV. The IRS doesn't mess around. If they want your money, they'll take it. They can take your paycheck and bank accounts, too. Even threaten your home or business. Don't take on the IRS alone. If you owe back taxes, the smartest thing you can do is call Optima Tax Relief. The experts at Optima specialize in a powerful IRS tax assistance program called the Fresh Start Initiative. And their clients that qualify are saving thousands. One call starts the process to stop the demand letters, stop aggressive collection actions, and stop the IRS from targeting you. But don't delay. It's important to act now while you still have options. Optima is A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Optima has already resolved over a billion dollars of tax debt for their clients. Get your life back. For tax help you need, for tax help you can trust, call Optima now for your free consultation. Call 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. 800-965-1433. Tax Relief. Some restrictions apply. For complete details, please visit OptimaTaxRelief.com. AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer. WPGP Pittsburgh. A division of Salem Media Group. Listen on the Answer mobile app. Smart speakers. Tune in iHeart or Odyssey. Stuck in traffic? We've got the answer. Finishing out our Halloween rush hour with ongoing delays on outbound 28. There was an earlier crash approaching Highland Park Bridge. It is jammed up from Butler Street to approaching the bridge to allow plenty of time through there. On 837, that's delays with construction New England Road to Grant Avenue down to one lane. Parkway East tying up outbound. Boulevard of the Allies to the Squirrel Hill Tunnel. Outbound 51, a slow go from Colerain Street to Library Road. That's a look at traffic. I'm Jenny Robinson. AM 1250, The Answer, Weather. Mostly cloudy and mild tonight with a passing shower, a damp evening for trick-or-treating. We'll see a low of 54, a shower in places tomorrow, otherwise cloudy skies in the morning, then times of sun and clouds for the afternoon will reach a high tomorrow of 63. Patchy clouds tomorrow night with a low of 48. Intervals of clouds and sunshine for Wednesday will reach a high Wednesday of 65. With your AccuWeather forecast, I'm forecaster Drew Shannon. The John Steigerwall Show, AM 1250, The Answer. Well, if you've been listening, uh, you know I've been saying here for a while that if John Fetterman is elected to the Senate in Pennsylvania, there's no hope for the human race because it'll show the level and the degree of stupidity of our fellow humans. But I probably should qualify that by saying if he wins legally, and uh, based on what happened in 2020, that's a big if, nobody knows that better than Dinesh Dinesh D'Souza. He produced the documentary 2,000 Mules, 
Now he has a book. It's called 2,000 Mules. They thought we wouldn't find out. They were wrong. He joins us now. Dinesh, thanks for coming on again. I appreciate it. Hey, it's always a pleasure. Thanks for having me back. So uh, before we get started um, on this, on, on what I was going to have you on here for, I have to ask you, who are Greg Phillips and Catherine Engelbrecht, and why did they go to jail today? Well, uh, these are the principals, the two main figures in the organization called True the Vote. They provided the research foundation both for the movie 2000 Mules and the accompanying book, which is just out. They've also been doing research into a company called Conic, which is an election software company run by this Chinese guy named Eugene Yu, Y-U. Eugene Yu has been arrested uh, for storing vital and sensitive American election data on servers in China, which uh, evidently uh, the Chinese officials, including the Chinese Communist Party and the Chinese government, can access. This company, Conic, sued through the vote, uh, for supposedly breaking into their servers and, and, and getting this information. And the case is before a Texas judge who is demanding that Catherine and Greg reveal their confidential sources. How did they find out that this was going on? And Catherine and Greg go, listen, we can't reveal our confidential sources, otherwise we'll never have any sources. And apparently one of these sources is in the FBI. So the judge is demanding that they fess up. They refuse to fess up, and the judge goes, okay, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Off you go to jail for a day or so. And, and are, they, are these two people involved at all in 2,000 Mules? Yes, they are, because what they did, which is actually very remarkable, is they did something that the government, the FBI, all have the resources to do but never bothered to do. So, for example, you have a number of states that had surveillance cameras outside these mail-in drop boxes, and they took hours and hours, in fact, some four million minutes of surveillance footage, but nobody looked at it. So Catherine and Greg went through it and saw all this, all this evidence of so-called mules. A mule is kind of a delivery guy uh-huh. who's dropping fraudulent votes into drop boxes. These guys are on camera, and yet no one had seen the footage. In fact, it appeared for the first time in our movie. Uh, and then they also did cell phone geotracking, which is a way of monitoring the movement of people's cell phones. This is something that happens in a number of other areas, including law enforcement, all the time. So 2000 Mules becomes a very exciting movie, and the book also, because it's looking at ways to bust not just voter fraud, not just some guy who voted three times or some dead guy who voted over here, but systematic election fraud in the key battleground states of a volume of a magnitude enough to tip the election to Joe Biden. And that's the gist of 2000 Mules. Um, and, and Dinesh, how many states did you focus on? They're the swing states? The study focused on five states, uh, and actually only the urban areas of these five states, so Atlanta area in Georgia, the Phoenix area in Arizona, the Detroit area in Michigan, Milwaukee, of course, in Wisconsin, and finally the greater Philadelphia area in Pennsylvania. Very interestingly, just in the last couple of days, a black woman has come forward in Orlando, Florida, uh, a Democrat, and, and exposed a whole voter fraud ballot trafficking operation in which mules are paid $10 a ballot, the exact amount mentioned in the movie, and this has been going on in Florida. We didn't even look at Florida, but I only mentioned this because it's a, it's a way of saying that although we looked for ants on the porch in five areas, there are a heck of a lot more ants on the porch. You know, and you mentioned the movie had lot. The movie has lots of uh, video evidence and cell phone tracking evidence. What's been the pushback on what seems like pretty obvious evidence? Well, the pushback has been one line of pushback has been that cell phone geo tracking is not very accurate and can place people in a general area, but not specifically at a Dropbox. Now that is just nonsensical and foolish because. Law enforcement uses the exact same technology every single day to pinpoint location. And so if you look at the January 6th documents, for example, you see the FBI alleges that Mr. X was approximately 30 feet outside the front door of the Capitol, or Mr. Y was 20 feet inside the front door. So they're using the technology in that way. And we all know from our own phones that our phone location is actually pretty accurate. 
And so what True the Vote did was they were looking for mules, not just for some guy who went to one or two or even three drop boxes, but someone who went to 10 or more drop boxes. So you're looking for the most industrious mules who are engaged in the greatest volume of, of election fraud. Now, uh, when you find somebody who the, the uh, evidence shows, the phone tracking evidence shows, uh, showed up at 10 different drop boxes, were any of these people confronted and asked why this showed up? Did they have, a, uh, did they have an alibi? Did they have some explanation for it? To this date, I have never heard a reasonable explanation, because think about it. These drop boxes are only for ballots. This is not like the U.S. Post Office where someone could say, well, you know what, I mailed my, my mortgage on Monday and my utilities on Tuesday, and I wrote my mom on Wednesday. These boxes are not for letters. They're only for ballots. So why would somebody go to 10 or more of these drop boxes and not only go to them? What True the Vote does is they, when they find someone who does this, they track them backward to see where they got the ballots. Where do they start off? They don't, they don't come up with their own ballots. Typically, they stop at these left-wing organizations embedded in the inner city. They get the ballots from there. Then they, like a mailman, go on a Dropbox route. And the reason they go on a route to multiple Dropboxes is if they went to one Dropbox and put 500 fraudulent ballots in, it would immediately cause a spike at that box and people would look at it. So in order to dispel suspicion and not, you know, not raise any eyebrows, they're instructed to put a few votes in here, go to the next box, put a few votes in there, go to the next box. That's why they go to so many drop boxes. And uh, the, the title of the uh, documentary and now the book, 2,000 Mules, uh, there were 2,000 of these people. Who paid for them? So they were, these uh, mules were paid by these left-wing nonprofits. Now, according to the IRS, and IRS regulations strictly forbid these 501c3 so-called groups from engaging in partisan election activity, and yet evidently they have. And, and, and we, if we're also able to track in the film, and this is also documented in the book, a huge flow of left-wing money that comes from billionaires, it comes from liberal foundations, it is all pumped into these left-wing nonprofits right before the election. So we're able to show a, a large river of money flowing into these groups which is supposedly tagged as get out the vote, but it seems that get out the vote includes get out the mules. And uh, Dinesh, you, you followed the, 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 um, the documentary up with this book, 2,000 Mules. They thought we wouldn't find out they were wrong. Uh, how much of, the, of what we saw, and I did see the documentary, how much of what was in that has been updated in the book? A lot, because, see, the, the book is coming out five months after the documentary. Normally, I release the book and documentary at the same time, but in this case, I was rushing to get the film out. But the good news about the book being, quote, late, is that I've been able to step back and take stock of all the criticisms, all the so-called debunkings, all the fact-checks, uh, Liz Cheney, Bill Barr, and so I'm able to answer all of that in the, in the book. So the book, in that sense, is more, more updated than the film. And um, here's my other question: um, What, how, how, just about every reference uh, to possible voter fraud in 2020 that you see in the media contains somewhere in the first sentence, or when when they're talking about voter fraud, the, those two words are usually preceded by unsubstantiated, debunked words like that. Why was 2,000 mules ignored by most of the media, including Fox? especially Fox. That really got me. I actually sent you a text about that, and you answered, but um, I, I just don't get that. Fox totally ignored it. Well, I, the thing about Fox was I was initially on the wrong trail because I was trying to persuade the Fox hosts that they should cover the movie. And the Fox hosts acted like they had independent authority, and they would say to me things like, well, you know, send me the film. Oh, wait a minute, i got to show the film to my lawyers. We've got to be very careful in approaching the issue. Little did I realize that none of them had really any say in the matter, and that an edict or order came down from above, probably as high as the Murdoch family, saying, don't mention 2,000 mules. But see, all these Fox hosts think that they're like big men on campus, so that none of them want to make it seem like they're me 
continually taking instructions about what they can and cannot cover. So this is why the, the movie was never mentioned. When, when, hosts, when guests like Carrie Lake mentioned it at Fox, you can just see the horrified expression on the host's face because it's almost like you violated a taboo. You know, you've, done, you, you've, you've said the unspeakable words, 2,000 meals. I mean, the whole thing is preposterous because no one's saying that Fox needs to endorse the movie, but the idea that they shouldn't even cover it, I think, just absolutely shameful. Well, if you're doing your job... Uh and I talk about this all the time here when I have uh, our experts on media here. Um, it's one thing to um, th- th- say that th- they may have the, their opinion that this movie is uh, is uh, should is is unsubstantiated. It's garbage. It's uh, don't pay any attention to this. You, it's sold a lot of copies, but a lot millions of people were watching it. That's a story. Do the story and bring you on and 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 confront you and say. Look, we looked into this, and you're full of it. None of this is true. Why, why wouldn't they I mean, at least do it from that <laughs> exa- angle? Exactly. They, they, absolutely. Remember, I've been going on Fox almost once a week for the yeah. previous several years. Yeah. So it's not like I'm a persona non grata or they don't think I'm a credible figure. Right. I've obviously been regularly on Fox. See, here's the thing. The fact checks of 2,000 Mules are of an extremely poor quality. If you look at AP, for example, this young woman, Ali Swenson, she'll say things like, Dinesh, you show mules wearing gloves and you claim that they're wearing gloves because they don't want to have fingerprints on the ballot. Well, it was really cold in Georgia in 2021 during the runoff election. And I'm thinking, Ali, have you seen the movie? I mean, the mules aren't wearing leather gloves or woolen gloves for the winter. They're wearing latex gloves. And as soon as they put the ballot in the box, they pull the gloves off and throw it in the trash can. So what kind of nonsense are you talking about? Or she'll say, Dinesh says that the mules are taking photos. Well, a lot of people like to post, post photos on social media because they're very proud that they voted. And I'm again, Ali, have you seen the film? There's not a single mule who takes a selfie with an I voted sticker. They're all taking photos of the ballots going in or off the drop boxes. So the, the photos are obviously a receipt that they're submitting in order to get paid. So in other words, when you see the movie, the stupidity of these fact checks becomes really apparent. Yeah, it was, and it, it really, uh, I, I lost a lot of respect for Fox for not, uh, not mentioning it. If they would have come on and, and brought an expert on to debate you or come on and taken point by point and debunked some of your evidence if they, in, a, in some credible way, that'd be different. But to act like it didn't exist, that's, that's what and, – and I, I mean I, I expect that from MSNBC and CNN because they would do it just because they believed you were right about everything. That would be their motivation. But I don't get foxes. What, what are they afraid of? I don't know. Initially, I, I, I thought, well, maybe the reason that they're so running so cagey about it is they have this Dominion lawsuit. But then I realized that Dominion lawsuit has nothing to do with 2,000 mules. We don't even mention Dominion. We don't talk about the machines. So they have nothing to fear legally from our movie. And so this is why I was forced to the conclusion that it has to be that the order came down really from you know, Don Corleone himself, if you will, don't touch this film. Yeah, but why? That's, I mean, what, what are they afraid? Why, why this film? What, what was, is it because they believed it was true or because they believed it was not? For whatever reason, they have made a decision that they don't want to touch the 2020 election. I think that's what it is. Okay. It's not that they've got a special animus against this film. Uh, I think they've just decided this topic is something they want to avoid. But, I mean, look, you're a news channel. You know, you don't get to make that kind of decision. Hey, this is a topic that's going to be off limits. We're never going to mention this. You know, when something is a cultural phenomenon seen by millions of people. By the way, it's a movie with a 100% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. Even if you're a Democrat, you're an independent, you see the movie, you go, whoa, something's really wrong here. This needs to be looked into. That is the minimal reaction of just about any honest person with two eyes who sees the movie. How many people have seen it, uh, Dinesh? Well, Rasmussen did a national survey to make an estimate, and they estimated, and this was a couple of months ago, that about 20 million people had seen the movie. And I, and I suspect it's probably around that number. But think of what a huge number that is. That's, well, that's what I mean. That's a story. Hey, 20 million people watch this movie. We think it stinks and it's bad, and you shouldn't watch it because it's all... It's not true. That, that, if you want to take that angle, but you can't ignore it. That's, that's, that's what I, just, I don't get. Sorry. But anyway, I just don't. If, if you don't, if, if, if there's a, you better have a reason for ignoring it. 
And what, I mean, what had happened to the journalism part of it, where, you, where you're supposed to be interested in doing a, an, an interesting, fascinating, controversial, important story, and you just ignore it? Anyway, um, what is Time Magazine's conspiracy theory, and how does it tie in with what you discovered? Well, Time Magazine had a very interesting story written by a journalist named Molly Ball, and it came out after the election. And when I first saw it, I could almost hardly believe it because it was an article that spoke in open, brazen terms about a, quote, conspiracy, Molly Ball's word, and a cabal that, in a sense, had fixed or determined the outcome of the 2020 election. Now, the way that Molly Ball put it is they had, quote, saved the election. But as you read the article, it's almost like a boast about this kind of organized effort on the part of a relatively small number of people to control the election uh, and to make sure it came out right, if you will, which is to say came out for Biden. Now, of course, Molly Ball doesn't talk about mules and she doesn't talk about left-wing nonprofits, so she doesn't disclose any of the information that's in the movie. But it's, a rem- it's almost like you've got a bunch of criminals who stole the election, and then after a while they're like, wait a minute, we're not getting the credit for stealing the election. We're unbelievably smart. And so they talked to Molly Ball and said, listen, you better reveal that you know, we very smart guys figured out how to outwit Donald Trump and the Republicans and put the election in our pocket. So we had a guy who didn't even really have to campaign for it. Finishing up here with uh, Dinesh D'Souza, 2,000 mules. Uh, they, they thought we wouldn't find out. They were wrong. That's the book. Uh, follow up for, to the um, documentary. You got about a minute and a half, Dinesh. Um, any reason to believe it's not going to happen next Tuesday? What happened? Uh, and maybe if not with the mules, but something some kind of plot, especially here well, in Pennsylvania. I'm feeling, I'm feeling uh, pretty good about Tuesday for a couple of reasons. One is I think that it is actually harder to cheat um, when you're trying to cheat against 30 people as opposed to cheat against one guy. So with Trump being on the ballot in all these key states, you can run a kind of multi-state fraud campaign against him. But now you have different candidates running for all different offices, from Secretary of State to Senate to Governor. It's a little bit difficult now to pull that off. The other thing is that with the movie being seen by 20 million people, at least 20 million people, by now probably more, are aware of this. And so it's kind of like if I were to tell you that in your neighborhood there's a bank that's going to be robbed on you know, Saturday at 7 p.m., yeah. it's kind of dumb for the robbers to go, 7 p.m., let's go rob the bank. <laughs> yeah. So I think the awareness alone is something that's going to curb the problem from happening this time, at least not in the same magnitude. Well, Dinesh, when I watched the uh, when I watched the movie Two Thousand Mules, I decided that Joe Biden did not win the election in 2020, and I think millions of other people did. And I'm glad you uh, did the documentary, and good luck with the book. Thank you very much. Okay, that's Dinesh D'Souza. Two Thousand Mules. They thought we wouldn't find out; they were wrong. We'll be right back. Viewers are raving about Uncle Tom, too. I came out of the theater stunned. Everything I believed and was taught was a complete and malicious lie. This film has the potential to wake people up and change the course of America. Viewers who watch the first Uncle Tom are even more impacted by Uncle Tom, too. Uncle Tom was terrific. Uncle Tom, too, was nothing short of amazing. It's completely shocking in some parts, gut-punching in others. You've got to see this movie. Uncle Tom, too, by executive producer Larry Elder and filmmaker Justin Malone. Watch Uncle Tom 2 today on SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Everyone should share this with their family and friends, and it should be required viewing in every school across the country. Watch Uncle Tom 2 today at SalemNow.com. Available by stream or DVD. Uncle Tom 2 at SalemNow.com. That's SalemNow.com. Remember that first paycheck when you started working all those years ago? You were finally out on your own, earning money. You looked at the net amount and thought, whoa, what happened here? It could be this way with your retirement accounts. You know how much you've saved, but if you haven't planned for the IRS, you could come up short in retirement. With tax laws constantly changing, there's a lot you need to know to make sure you're not paying more than your fair share. Roy and Jason Locks and the Synergy Group team can help. They will help you create a retirement plan that shows 
shows you how taxes could affect you now and in the future. To receive your complimentary tax analysis, call 412-673-7760. Make sure you know how these changes could affect you so you can avoid paying more to the IRS. Request your complimentary tax analysis today. Call 412-673-7760. Securities offered through J.W. Cole Financial, member FINRA SIPC. Investment advice offered through J.W. Cole Advisors. J.W. Cole Financial and J.W. Cole Advisors are not affiliated with the Synergy Group, Inc. The Synergy Group, Inc. may not give tax advice. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. On top of the special exclusively for my listeners on the Percale and Giza Dream bed sheets, marked down as low as $29.98, Mike's now changing the game with his three-piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton, making it extremely absorbent, yet still providing that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with one bath, one hand towel, and one washcloth, typically retailing for $49.99. For a limited time, you can get this three-piece towel set for the low price of $19.98 with promo code STAG. Don't miss out on these incredible offers. There's a limited supply, so be sure to order now. Call 800-716-8087, use the promo code STAG, or go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code STAG. These offers will not last long, so order now with promo code STAG at MyPillow.com for the radio-exclusive offer on all bed sheets. This is the John Stackerwald Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The answer. Well, I really like my smartphone, um, and I would, I'd, I'd miss it. Somebody took it away from me. But I also believe that it's the one of the worst things ever to happen to the human race was uh, for everybody to have, number one, access to their own personal video camera so that they can run around showing you what they had for breakfast this morning or taking, you know, I don't have to explain to you what's going on with all the videos out there. But um, I have an interesting guest tomorrow, and I've had her on here before. They did a study. She was part of it. Um, her name is Jean Twenge. She was on well, one of the first guests I had when I, we first went on the air over four years ago. They did a study, came out today. Uh, she's a psychologist. Uh, they looked into the effects of screen time on kids. And they, they surveyed 1,600 Americans aged uh, ages 8, I'm sorry, 11 to 18 back in May. The study uh, reported using digital media, are you ready for this? An average of 10 hours and 4 minutes per day on social media, video chat, texting, shopping, and gaming. We're going to have her on to talk about it of what it means for these kids to be doing 70 hours a week looking at a screen. She should be pretty good. She'll be on tomorrow at uh, 535. I hope you'll be here. I think I will. Pretty sure I will be. Thanks. Bye. John Steckerwald Show is a production of Salem Media Group and sponsored by Service Master of Greater Pittsburgh. Demand the Yellow Van. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.